Welcome back, friends. We left off in the middle of a fight with the King of the Morlocks. In the midst of that fight, a giant monster that looked like a, a slug made of flesh came out of the darkness. Things weren't looking great for us, but hey, what's new? We killed the Morlock King, and then turned our attention towards this monster in front of us. It wasn't an easy fight, but we came out of it alive. It tried to take us with it by exploding in a big fog of guts and disease. It was only then we realized this was a flesh warp. A, a nasty piece of evil that was once a human. This was a lot for us. We rested and then decided that we should go back to town. We needed to restock. We needed to regroup and speak to Yin Yasmara at the Osprey Club. I've got good news and bad news. Who wants to hear it? Got good news? Good news is pretty pretty good usually. It's pretty pretty good news too. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's pretty good news. All right, then let's get the bad news out of the way first. Then, and you may already know what it is because it's something I mentioned off mic, and uh, it definitely needs to be addressed. And it's uh, not a guarantee. But it is possible that we that a ruling that was missed uh, could have saved Samal's life. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Here it it's comes. It's far enough away now that I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it because none of us caught it this whole time. Uh, I it was shown to me via uh, Reddit post i was like commenting to help someone uh they were asking a question and then someone corrected me on something and then i looked at it and went oh shit uh so the ruling is that when you go down your initiative order automatically changes to the slot before the creature that put you down or the effect that put you down um effectively meaning you uh don't have to spend your hero point right away although Samal did not have one at the time um but rather you have, you can take the risk and not spend it. And you have a full round between you going down and having to roll your death save for someone to do something about the situation. Instead of going immediately after the creature that put me down with a crit. So Fizzik could have saved him. Could have. Yes, could have. 
it's still possible someone would have died though in that situation as well um maybe maybe more drawn out and probably likely less um abrupt but um sadly it is a it is uh not the cleanest death uh rules wise um still could have happened but yeah i'm not, I'm, uh, I'm not terribly pleased <laughs> whatever you need to say as, to sleep at night there <laughs> as uh as the as the runner of this game, uh, I'm 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 fairly choked. Uh, most of my choked though comes from knowing how unbelievably choked James is, <laughs> and was, and probably hates me now. Are we still business partners? <laughs> it is a strong word. <laughs> Strongly disliked. I'm I'm obviously I'm not happy. Um, I it, it's it's hard to it. So I'm glad we know the rule. But I really wish I didn't yeah. know the rule would like, like had you brought the rule up and just not given any context, I would have been right. a lot happier because now that I know I lost one of the, my favorite characters that I've ever created to maybe what could have been uh, an avoidable circumstance had we known the rule yeah. appropriately. Um, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little yeah. upset. Uh, not at you, but you know, next time you deliver such bad news, maybe don't <laughs> like Maybe we could have saved some all. Like, don't don't throw that glimmer of hope at the end. Just <laughs> well, I mean, that's yeah. fair. And if we were maybe at just our own casual table, I I would follow that. But you know, with the with the intention of uh, addressing it to the listeners of this project, who would likely go, "Hey, Sabal would have survived, asshole," <laughs> and I'd be like, "Ah, fuck," <laughs> you know. Uh, so I'd rather it yeah, be a little. I more, still roll the crit yeah. fail on the death save. Given this whole project, I, this podcast, I would rather have it. Uh, all on the table, as it were. Yeah, and truth be told, Guild is quickly becoming one of my favorite characters. <laughs> I'm super made. sad we didn't get to see Samal because I really liked him. Uh, we didn't get to see him really get fleshed out, but I am digging Gilda a lot. I love her. Yeah, but Gilda doesn't make tea. No, Gilda doesn't <laughs> make tea. No. Or coffee. I'll never forgive you, Freeman. She's got that. She's got that. <laughs> Shut up, Duncan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if any of us knew the rules, you'd be out of here. <laughs> i mean i remember after that i was like i searched the search and search to make sure everything was as legit as possible because that happened in our test recording with with duncan's character and it was as legit as it, it co could possibly be I, I i think in retrospect now i'm not sure uh but i, I searched and searched and searched and did not find this rule in the mix and uh so it's it's so far after the fact now um but there it is yeah we're just gonna let sleeping dogs lie on my character because i don't want to be any more mad at you <laughs> Duncan's just perpetually angry at me, so. Oh, full of rage. <laughs> yeah, it was the exact same situation and pretty much the same character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spoiler <yeah>. alert. <laughs> <laughs> the only other bad news is I think we're all, it's been a, it's been a, a crazy week and things are nuts and we're all a little, a uh, little low energy right now. We were discussing it before, so hopefully we can pick it up here, but I'm a little hoarse today myself. I worked a long, long day yesterday and, and, and doing what I do, I just talk a lot. I talk a lot in general. I don't know if you guys know me. I talk a lot. I believe it's pronounced <laughs> pony. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little hoarse today, a little coffee, but I will try to try to push through it. But let's let's enter the game with the good news on our backs. And uh, first and foremost is that we no longer have to worry about things like bandoliers. Yeah, turns out this was errated <laughs> uh, by Paizo. I didn't know. But I, I finally came across some information on it, and basically, your backpack will relieve you of two bulk worth of stuff as long as you're wearing it on your back. 
Otherwise, you are just assumed to have pockets and pouches and bandoliers across your person. So everything other than what is specifically in your backpack is within arm's reach and will cost you one action to pull out, plain and simple. So we don't have to worry about, in a particular physics case, we don't have to worry about him, whether or not he's got the healer's tools in his in his bandolier versus his actual, you know, al- alchemical creations. Um, he just, he's got them all readily available um, for one action draw. So keep it simple. It's great. Is a bandolier like kind of essentially useless then? It's not that it's useless. It's just assumed to be there. So you don't have to have it as an inventory item. Uh, they removed that essentially from the from the base game. Um, oh, okay. You don't need to calculate and 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 all that stuff and and keep track of it. Backpacks are the most important because it actually relieves you of bulk. Uh, otherwise, you know everything else affects your anything beyond beyond that two bulk that it relieves you of, and anything else in your person directly affects your bulk. So the bandolier never really affected uh, your bulk for for better or worse. It just was uh, something to to pack tools into. Um, but now we just don't have to sweat anymore. We're just not going to sweat it. And it's going to make things a lot easier and smoother and, and play into your favor. Well, I'm going to keep my bandolier because I think it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, same, same, same. <laughs> You're a regular old goblin Chewbacca. Uh, oh, yeah. So the other uh, good news is, um, I don't know if you guys read much on the investiture rules. When you have a magic item, it's usually specifically a worn one. You have to invest it, which is usually just means when you put it on, whatever time it takes to put on, it's invested. So if you have magical armor, it might take a little more time to put on, but once it's on, it's invested. The rule works in a weird way, though. You can invest up to 10 items per day. That does not mean you have a cap of 10 different items on you. It means you can invest an item 10 times per day. So you can invest a single item 10 times in a day if you want. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to you as a freebie. You can literally trade off that pearly white Aeon Stone and just heal up. The downside of this is that uh, it's designed in this way because the higher level you get, you're more likely to have more magic items and need to invest more and more to make yourself well, more well-rounded and, and, and capable of different things. So your ability to trade that item around will, will reduce the higher we go, the more dangerous the adventure gets. Ideally, by then, you're utilizing other things you've gained along the way, other skills, spells, and what have you, to make up for not being able to trade these things off. But right now, you guys have very few in the way of invested magic items, and you are absolutely able to trade off those things. You just do need to keep track um, and keep yourselves honest on, you know, how many times did I do that and where am I at for the day? Because I don't think there's much built into Foundry for that in calculating if you take it on and off. It just kind of calculates what you have total at the moment. But there it is. It's That's a pretty, pretty significant thing. Yeah, that's huge. Um, yeah. I, I do have two invested items, three technically. So it, it will be less for me. Yeah. And it's worth noting that a magical weapon is not an invested item. Uh, and even a plus one armor would not be. But if you were to have another rune on it, such as the slick rune you guys have in your inventory somewhere, that would count as an invested uh, portion. So here's a quick question for you then, because my hand wraps are listed as an invested item in Foundry. Okay. And they technically have a second rune on them because of my uh, my blade ally. Does they count as an invested item? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the hand wraps have the invested trait themselves. So yes, they count. Okay. Uh, just just wearing them because they are a worn item rather than a held item. 
because they're plus one and striking. That so the striking is what makes them invested, and then they technically have a second right. rune on them because of my yep. my blade ally. Well, actually, just no, just standardly, they are invested without the striking. You bought oh. the striking ones, or you add the striking, but they are standardly at level one and invested uh, okay. item at their lowest tier. So, um, yes, that counts. But I'm I am going to say that uh, because you have this, you're you're basically be granted this rune via your divine power when you choose that. You know your your daily preparation. I'm not going to count that towards your investiture. I don't think it could stack on a single item anyway. So, just a quick ruling on that. I don't think it's gonna gonna hamper you any more than it already does okay so i i have two invested items then wicked where is that aeon stone it's it's in my wave it's in the wayfinder compass which is one of my two invested items right right okay so pretty sweet pretty sweet yeah so some solidly good news all around there we're just gonna have a little more a little more efficiency and a little more ability to heal it looks like for now until i find a way to steal that aeon stone from you Let's see. So we we have ended on you guys coming back to town with the intention of, I believe, doing some shopping and reporting back to Yinyazmara. You did find the body of one bad, bad Leroy Brown. <laughs> R.I.P. Bad, bad. I can't. R.I.P. Bad, bad. I can't even say it without giggling. Let's just like knock the shopping out of the way and so we can get to the actual play here. Uh, what what are you guys doing here? You guys, you guys shopped off, Mike? I assume. Oh, yeah. It was a regular supermarket sweep. <laughs> you are the 1,000th customer. <laughs> Here's a free striking rune. You wish. The short list is we bought a bunch of healing potions because those uh, are, are still of very high value to us, especially during combat. And uh, Tulak got a bag of holding type 1 uh, and transferred the retribution axe over to Gilda, which is now in her backpack. Okay, cool. And Physic got a nice new pair of healer's gloves. Ooh. And these things are pretty dang neat. Do tell. For one, they give me a plus one bonus to medicine checks. But then once a day, I'm able to heal myself or others for 2d6 plus seven hit points. That's cool. You get like a lay on hands once per day? Oh, Basically, man. yeah. Nice. And you have to, do you have to roll for that? or Nope. Perfect. So you use that on, <laughs> on James every time, right? <laughs> no, right matter yeah. what, no matter what character he's using, use that on James. <laughs> we sorely need that plus one to heal. So. And we oh, do have to man. make a note now that uh, it is positive healing effect, but I can't harm undead with it. So I'm not going to even try running up and grabbing okay. a zombie. That's Smart. good to know. It's good to know. Uh, and it, I, it's, uh, I see here, it's a, it's a plus one item bonus, which means if you were to grab expanded healers twos, they wouldn't stack. It's, this effectively removes your need for them, which is pretty great. Um, and, and grads you pretty wicked bonus, man. Free and heal. it's only $30 more, or 30 GP more expensive. Oh, that's and not bad at all, expanded healers tools. Yeah, expanded healer tools are 50 Now, what, what, uh, what, what you've purchased here, what level is that item? I just want to double check it's available. It's fourth <laughs> level. I made sure it was oh, under fifth okay. level. Yeah, you could. Uh, yeah, Dawnflower Library is where you're probably most likely to pick up some healing stuff, and that's a that's a level five shop, so you're fine there. Yeah. Oh, cool. is it level oh. five? Okay. I I went by the garrison's cap of level four. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. The where is available should be listed in the journals that are on each of the shops, but uh, their healing healing magic items and stuff are, are available at the Dawn Life uh, Dawn Dawnflower Library words. Okay, and this is an invested item as well, so I have one. Worth it. I imagine is the bag of holding invested? I wouldn't think so. It's not worn. Let me pull it up. It is not. 
common, conjuration, extra dimensional, and magical. Hot damn. That's pretty all right. So how much uh, how much bulk does the Type 1 hold there, Scott? A Type 1 holds 25 bulk. Whew. Wow. It also weighs one bulk, so it's, it's a little heavy on your person, for, for, especially for someone like yourself. Yeah, and it's currently holding the low-grade silver sword cane. So. Okay. so it's 24 free bulk that we just bought ourselves for 75 GP. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. It's pretty sick. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, how are you doing for bulk, by the way? Are you, are you okay? I'm great, man. I got two bulk carried. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, what's your encumbered rate? Five. Eh, all right. I mean, you're less than halfway there. That's, that's okay. Well, yeah, because now everything is just going to go into the bag of holding mm, Yeah, I need to carry around. Because the thing is, I don't carry weapons or armor, so I'm, right. I'm pretty good. And then yeah. anything that I'm going to grab, like a wand, is all light. Yeah. And for the listeners, 10 light make up one ball. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just doing a cursory glance here uh, on the rules on it, and it, I think it, it more or less does a- still operate like a backpack even though it's not like worn and invested. So I think I think it's going to take you two actions to draw from it. Uh, it says one action. You can interact with the bag oh, of holding to stow or remove them just like a mundane sack. Oh, okay. It does say held in two hands for usage. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. And also it's like I'm not holding it in my hands all the time, so it would probably take one interact to grab it off my back and then another one to... yeah actually yeah. pull out of it for sure. oh yeah sack mm. uh, is usually tucked into a belt and you can carry a sack with one hand but you must use two hands to transfer items in and out uh, interesting so not particularly useful during combat yeah don't put no. anything you know you need on the fly in there <laughs> just use it for the heavy stuff <laughs> we'll get you some um do they still have wrist sheaths in in 2e like in 1e you could have like a wand wrist sheath so you could just sling a wand out it was a free action to draw them I did show oh, Scott a really cool, cool item. There is a, there is a, there's one called the sleeves of storage, and they basically work like a bag of holding, but up your robe sleeves <laughs> on both sides. <laughs> so each sleeve can hold the same amount or whatever. And like, and the higher version of it holds a crazy bulk. It's a lot. <laughs> but I think the lower one's like about a level four item, like the bag of holding, and it's a little more expensive for sure. But it's pretty. Google neat. really knows me on this computer now because I only use it for TTRPG stuff. <laughs> so I literally just typed in sleeves, and the first thing that it popped up was sleeves of storage, Pathfinder Two. <laughs> <That's amazing>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get a real clean slate laptop there, don't you? <laughs> we, we might have to try and homebrew one of these uh, one of these wrist sheaths, but they're they're fucking cool. <laughs> oh yeah, look at that. Okay, so that's that's from first edition, but that's a whole lot of shop talk. What do you guys want to do? You've done your shopping, and I want to head to uh, Yin Yasmara's um, at the uh, Osprey Club, the Crook's Nook. Yeah, we've probably dragged yeah. the corpse of Bad Bad around enough. Mm. Oh, you did drag it out. I forgot you did that. <laughs> yeah, getting disrespectful oh at God. this point. <laughs> We're like weekend and Bernie's this guy into the shops. <laughs> right. Oi, Bad Bad, I haven't seen you in ages. Well, as soon as we got the bag of holding, we just slipped him in there. <laughs> You're looking a bit limp there, bad bad. <laughs> you imagine you just top, you just pull the uh, the sack over and just dump dump it out, and a whole body flies out. <laughs> I think we can technically store beings in it. It's just ten minutes worth of oxygen. Yeah. Oh, he's not going to need that. I guess the question is, does he does he weigh more than twenty five bulk? I have no idea. Yeah. What's a bulk like? Is there a corollary for what that would be? And in- I think it's about a. A kilo or a half kilo. Yeah, they keep it pretty vague uh, and okay. purposefully so. And I mean, I can only imagine someone named Bad Bad Leroy Brown 
was a pretty big, hefty dude. Yeah, oof. Yeah, not a small man. No. <laughs> All right, so you guys are heading to straight to Crook's Nook. Crook's Nook. A medium creature is six bulk. Oh, man. Hey, oh, there you go. Sack. Easy. He's in the sack, baby. <laughs> Stepping into the Crook's Nook, you are pretty quickly going to be recognized at this point, and uh, and uh, it would take you very little time to gain access to speaking with Yanyasmara, since you have been sort of working together uh, here and there. And um, uh, she is uh, ready and waiting for you. Uh, hello, uh, my old friends, uh, Physic. <laughs> I am Ruski. Uh, it's like it's more ridiculous every time. <laughs> I don't know why. I, well, it's going with my instinct. All right. Uh, uh, oh, did you have uh, good? Do you have the good news? Did you find the bad? The bad. Uh, we found bad, bad, but we don't have good news. And he will motion towards whoever is holding the sack, which would be Tulak. Tulak steps forth and makes sure there's enough room on the floor and then just starts he reaches in his arm disappears inside the bag and then you pulls it out and he's holding the hand of bad bad and then he just slides out the entire body (laughs) (laughs) and anyone else in the room is just like really either shocked or weirded out eyebrows raised except for Ian Yasmara she's just cool as a cucumber she's seen a lot can't say that I am... Well, you know, some people would uh, say that's a bit disrespectful to transport that way, but, uh, you know, I I like the subtlety. You know, you know how I like subtlety. Well, you're nothing if not pragmatic. Indubitably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am... I am quite sad to hear news of uh, of Bad Bad. Uh, He was, uh... Well, I I was going to say good lad, but we all know he was not good lad, he was Bad Bad. (laughs) He was a bad lad. (laughs) Baddest man in the whole damn town. What the guy, wasn't he, though? Um, But uh, it is sad news to see that uh, this is befallen him. But I suppose we can can, uh, count our lucky stars that uh, three of our our club members have survived the very least. And they have uh, recovered uh, reasonably quickly, thinking of the gods. Thank you very much for uh, your... uh, you're bringing this information on the body back to me. We will we will be sure to make sure that he has, uh, he has uh, the proper burial rights and his family is taken care of. I've been thinking about uh, what uh, we had talked about before and that we need to do our part for the town in case there is more um, happening. And the Osprey Club is still devoted to doing such a thing. However, the club members that you saved down in these dungeons... Uh, they have uh, spoken to me with eagerness to to assist you. Um, I'm afraid I uh, cannot spare a whole lot of them, but uh, they have convinced me that they would like uh, to join you, and um, I will allow one if you would have them. She kind of looks at physics specifically, knowing that he knows these people the best and also knows he, he kind of frowns on the whole thing. So she's like not really expecting you to accept the offer. <laughs> Physics going to look over his shoulder at Lady Gilda, hoping that she doesn't have too much of a look of dista- distaste about her because um, these would probably not be her kind of people to employ. But at the same time, he's going to look, uh, you know, look back at Nunezmer and just, like, his shoulders will kind of drop a little and say, like, Whoa. we could really lose any help that we can get. 
So I thank you for that, Yasmara. It is all I can spare, but um, it is. Uh, I see it as something we can do for the greater cause. You may remember uh, these three fellas, and she gestures to uh, three standing on the side um, that look quite different than the last time you saw them, because, you know, uh, they're, they still look a little bit worse for wear. It's, it hasn't been all that long, but now they are, they're a bit more cleaned up, they've been fed, and they are clothed appropriately, and um, there are... Uh, you, the, you, you remember uh, there's Gorul Vetters, uh, Shad Nunder, and Ziskili Thid. You may ask them about their uh, their uh, abilities if you like, and um, what uh, perhaps one of them can offer you uh, a, a bit more um, a bit more balance to your approach in the in this these dark times. But uh, I leave it to you to decide which of my which of my brotherhood, my members, will join you. And so you have here we're we're doing a little a little homebrewish thing. Uh, there's no follower system in uh, in two uh, e, but an NPC can, you know, it's perfectly feasible to join your party. So, uh, we have Goral Vetters, which I, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure he's the one you spoke to when you got in there. The other two couldn't speak at the time. And, uh, he's effectively a bandit, you know, comes with like a hatchet and a sling. Uh, he's got a, a couple neat little abilities like, uh, bandits ambush, uh, dread stalker. Uh, so you can frighten enemies, make them flat footed. He has a better chance of demoralizing to make them frightened, so on and so forth. And then uh, Shad Nunder is a, a bit more of a sneaky sneak. He's a saboteur, scoundrelly kind of creature. He's uh, he comes with like a, a sap and a hand crossbow, nothing crazy. But he has he does have sneak attack, kind of roguelike, and snare crafting. He actually does a focus on snares. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And then there's Ziskili Thied, who I I, I I I remember planning this, but I can't remember if I said it. But I'm pretty sure he's the one that he had his tongue cut out at some point in his past, so he doesn't speak at all. And, uh, so you might want to pick him so that I talk less. But I was uh, going to say, convenient <laughs> for you. And he's a bird. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a bit more of a, a ruffian, I think, is the, is the, the, um, the NPC. Um, so he's a bit more going with a club. Uh, he's got, he's got attack of opportunity. He's got a, a, a snagging strike where he can, he can throw people, uh, flat footed. And, uh, he does also a sneak attack and, um, and something called brutal beating. Um, where he can deal, uh, if he deals a critical hit on a target that is frightened, he knocks them like 10 feet away or something like that. They're all like reasonably simple, but it is up to you guys. So my initial thought was, um, was shot and under and go with, uh, go with the saboteur, somebody who, who can, you know, look for traps and disarm traps and pick locks and do that kind of stuff, because that's, that's something we're sorely missing. But honestly, now that I'm looking at the stat blocks, and I know for a fact he's mute. Ziskili Thede is looking pretty appealing uh, as somebody <laughs> I can flank with. Yeah. Would Ziskili have thievery? Can we see his... Yeah, you can open up his full stat block. Yeah. Um, but there isn't, like, like stats per se. Yeah, he's got... They, 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 the skills, the only skills listed are the ones they have, like, proficiency in. So he's only got athletics, intimidation, and stealth. Yeah, okay. Where Shad's got loads. All of <laughs> them. Shad's got yeah. all of them. Yeah, I'm just thinking Physic doesn't do a lot of thievery stuff. I think uh, he is trained, but mm. not having a thieves tools to carry around would be nice. I guess they're only one light bulk, actually. That's not bad. Yeah, and it might be kind of difficult to control his gilly thief if, if he has a feat called Brutal Beating. <laughs> mm. 
though we do tend to beat our opponents pretty brutally like yeah. there, there's a difference between doing it out of self-defense and doing it you know like it's specifically worded as somebody's afraid of him yeah hmm. i'm wondering if uh lady gilda is gonna have issues with him mm. i personally am going shad still yeah shad it is they're all like you know seedy individuals but you know bandit ruffian they're a little more abrasive and obvious in their in their seediness whereas shad's a little more subversive he's just look at all those stats skills yeah, so many skills yeah <laughs> it's got engineering lore even <laughs> yeah underworld lore too underworld lore would help yeah yeah okay let's go with uh let's go with shad uh it has been decided so we do that all right nice so uh, you choose Shad, and um, he gives a a little uh, little bow, um, slightly graceful. Got a, a bit of a gentlemanly look to him, although if if not a bit greasy. This is this is his artwork. <laughs> Gotta say, I respect the mustache. Yeah, six dash, <laughs> little handlebar, lovable scoundrel. A lovable scoundrel is that? Well, uh, name Shad Nunda. So, uh, pleasure to see you again. Thank you very much for saving all of our lives. I uh, will do my best and thank you for, for choosing me. I would like to dissuade possible concern of yours. I know we've been through something traumatic and that sort of thing can sometimes lead someone to become a liability. Lord knows I've seen it amongst my own comrades in the past, but sometimes trauma can prepare you for what's to come. Shad, may I ask why you decided to join our party? Otori is near and dear to all of us. And after hearing what all happened while we were gone, well, we all follow Yinyasma and we all agree with her that we need to do our part for this community. Otherwise, no one thrives, including us. We may look maybe looked down upon by some, but we do not consider ourselves excluded from the community. So, we are here to do what we must. If that means another plunge down there, but with more prepared allies, that is what we will do. Well, you more than anyone know how dangerous it is down there. So, you know what you're signing up for. We will not be retreating from the action. We will be pushing the action. And if it becomes too much, you should speak up before anything happens. I appreciate that. I'm ready to give my life. But this time I feel I'll have an edge. And that I know something's coming. We thought nothing was there. And we were quite wrong. And now we know something's there. If not what? But knowing is half the battle, as they say. Indeed. Well, we're happy to have you aboard. What do you think you'll bring to the party? Can you just let us know what your skills are, just before we head back in? Well, I'm reasonably adept in hand-to-hand combat, although I can work my way around a crossbow or two. I prefer to keep things a little more on the subtle side, however. Um, I'm reasonably quiet as I go and have some finesse with picking rocks and such, disabling traps. I will do my best to find the weak points of our enemies as well, and support. Uh, the front line as best I can. I'm not a meaty man, as you can see, so I might not take a whole lot, but I can dish it out. Good. That's very good to hear. We could use some of your skills, that's for sure. But one other thing you must know is that anything we find in there, 
We split between the party, everything equal. That keeps us well-geared and ready to move forward. I expect only things that will help me help you. I'm not looking for a cut of the pay. That is an insistence from the Nyasmara. I am merely here for support. Uh, if you want to put a weapon in my hands, or an armor on my back, I will gladly accept it. Well, we'll see what we find down there. There's always something. And Physic will uh, clap him on the what I can only assume is the lower back, because it's as high as he can reach. <laughs> Welcome to the party, buddy. Oh, I just got just that tram stamp done. Careful. <laughs> Smacks him on the ass. <laughs> That's <better>. Good game. <laughs> Just remember that we won't be taking kindly to any subtle shenanigans. I know you've already said you won't be pulling anything like that, but if you do, remember how we brought back Bad Bad, and we can't be responsible for what happens for you down there if you decide to betray us. We are a team, and we expect you to be an equal part of the team, and I know you've already said you will be, and I trust you to be, but it needs to be said out loud. Trust me. I'm well familiar with the distrust. I apologize, and I do hope to trust you fully one day. It would be quite nice to have, have another member of our team, especially somebody with the skills that you say you bring to, to the group. Yes, perhaps we will uh, have the chance to discuss our differences in philosophies over a warm fire. How about over a, a, a bit of a crab chowder? I mean, we've been down in that dungeon eating rations for a few days now. I could really go for a hot bowl of food. Oh, and you know... You know that Crook's Nook has the best seafood in town. I've heard it's the best on the whole island. Well, <laughs> I mean, don't tell the chef that. He's already got too big a head. Is he a gnome? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he will, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll join you for a chowder and, and what, whatnot, um, as you please. I assume that we are filling him in on what we've been doing down there, what we've run into, what we kind of left as we came back up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we have a we have a set of leather arm and a rapier that we can give to him that we didn't sell. We can, we can gear him up a little bit better than than when he found okay. when we found him. Uh, sure, that shouldn't be a problem. He's wearing padded leather. You said what was the armor you said? Uh, we found leather, studded oh, leather, or leather, studded leather, studded leather. Oh, it might have been studded leather. Oh, okay. Yeah. We only have leather, I think. He's got studded leather. Okay. Then then never mind. We'll just give him yeah, the rapier. Okay. So he's got a got a little bit a little yeah. bit of a bonus to damage. Uh sweet. Alright, so I'll sort that out in the stat block. And uh yeah, should I probably his I think his AC will go up slightly, but otherwise uh I'm following monster creation rules or build building creature rules uh to sort of increase other than like some inventory items. Um, so he'll he'll follow general stuff for that. Um, should a level up come come along, but otherwise, yeah, he's just going to be as is. Doesn't have a lot of HP. I don't know what everyone else's HP is. But he's only got twenty seven HP, so that's worth keeping in mind. AC and nineteen now, which is pretty solid. So he's he's a squishy boy. I've only got forty four, so and I've only got thirty two. Okay, so now he's only a CR two creature, so it's, that adds up. Yeah, one level below us, give or take. Mm, cool. All righty. Uh, it's about one in the afternoon, uh, I believe, when you've arrived in town and taken care of all this. Well, we'll say that's a good hour later, so maybe about two in the afternoon. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to do? You guys already did rest up in the dungeon, I, re I recall. Yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm itching to get back. Okay, you yeah. still have the um uh bonus from 
uh, Rin's re, uh, critical success. I'm pretty sure until s- I, I made a note of it here. I'm pretty sure it's correct um, until seven o'clock tonight. So you have a, you still have plus one to your saving throws. Yeah, that sounds about right. Which coincidentally, I don't think you guys used, but you you guys nailed the hell out of all your saving rolls already in the last combat. It was crazy. So <laughs> it was a long combat, but you guys were not really going you know uh, down to any of those checks. So cheer boy. Uh, sweet. Heading back to the dungeon. Aware about, uh, what, uh, yeah, what way down are you taking? Are you going to head back to, um, little secret room to start or? I think that would be the best case. Like show him the secret room, show him how to get there, how to find it. So if we ever do get separated, he knows that this is our rally point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then maybe have him set up a snare on the door that we're not using, the one that leads out to the grand hallway, because we, it seems like we're mostly using um, the door to the south here. Mm-hmm. So it might be worth having him set up a snare over here. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, he he has a couple couple snares in his inventory, I think. I've still got a Caltrop snare snare as well, although I don't know if that's going to do as much good. That's um that slows people down, and that's great. Right. Yeah, I should hold on to it. Yeah, I'd probably go with um, something like an alarm snare if he has one of those in his inventory. Okay, he's got a, he's got a snare kit, and it has two caltrop snares and two hampering snares. Okay, within so he is able to. Sit. Does he have a snare book? Um, no. Yeah, like a, like a formula book or something. No. Yeah, I, he should be able to craft whatever kind of snare we want, but he has the supplies to make caltrop and hampering. Yeah. Snares. Okay. Yeah. I th- I, yeah. I'm not sure if you need a formula for them or not, but I, I think I think you do. But like he comes, yeah, yeah. He, he can craft, and he has caltrop and hampering snares, so you can assume he can make those, and then you can okay. sort of like reverse engineer um, with craft checks too, if you know, if you need to as well. Yeah, I think before we leave town, maybe we'll just spend the one gold to get the formula for an alarm snare and have him set one up in, in front of the store here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's all right by you guys. For sure. Absolutely. Okay. Alarm snare. Let's, uh... We now have uh, zero gold in the loot. <laughs> uh, I've still got like 10. I can get okay. one. We had one in the loot. That's, that's why I offered to spend it. <laughs> So we're 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 good there, um, but that way, you know, if somebody comes in here, we'll hear it, which is kind of the kind of the dream. As we walk back and are setting all this up, Tulak casts Mage Armor on himself. He would, uh, and I don't know if I said it in uh, previous episodes, but unless otherwise specified um, during my daily preparations, I'll always be preparing disrupting uh, as my blade ally. Uh, okay, is it fair to say that I can just say that I cast Mage Armor on myself? Every time I rest after. As long as you have that uh, that spell slot spent, I don't really mind. Okay, perfect. Because sometimes I just forget to say it, you know, and this will save me that. Uh, cool. All right. I've set a little thing on the map for the alarm snare. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you <guys> see that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. And I threw the other ones in inventory proper so that it uh, you can actually see what they do better. Um, really quickly, we know what, what he has on hand. Cool. Alarm snare set. Oh, by the way, you guys have full control of this guy, and I want you to guys like basically trade off on who's who's using him, who's controlling him. Okay. All right. Um, I can do him first. Oh, he's he's right next to you. Um. All right. Well, James, if he's already linked to you, you can go ahead. Do you want to control him for the day? 
Are we going to trade them off like Umlo, do you think? Yeah, yeah, I do like I a so. little, little GCP Umlo style. That's what I think you should do. Okay, then he's, he's all yours for today, Scott. I'm Shad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Shad. I'll be voicing you. him, thank you. <laughs> what is our plan next? Are we, like, the only room we haven't really been in is under the lighthouse, and we have those two doors to the north, is that right? Down in the south, too. Is there some in the south? Or? Yeah, where that disgusting creature came from. You're going to have to narrow it down. Right, yeah, the the last encounter, that little fight. Yeah, okay. Oh, that big slug thing? Yeah. Mm. The Grothlut. Uh, Tulok will cast light on his Aeon Stone. Uh, Gilda will spark up the Wayfinder Compass with her command ro- word, which is just Luminare. Oh, all right. I've put those lighting sources on you. Uh, yeah, you guys said you had uh, the way down. And there's also the ones in the workshop, too. Don't forget. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you actually have four ways down right now. And then we have this door up here. Yep. The purple worm room. And the one closest to us. Uh, is it just one or there might be th- there might be two or three down here? Uh, there's two. There's one here and one here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tulok drops down into kind of a position to avoid notice as he moves forth towards the door and Shad follows his lead and also is avoiding notice. Tulok turns back and says, perhaps we should finish south here. Make sure there's nothing that can sneak up behind us and then we'll move on and empty more of these rooms. Sounds good to me. And with that, he opens the door. Gildo will be taking the defend action as per usual. And physic will screw it. Let's avoid notice as well. All right. And Tulok points towards the door at the end of the hall. Shad nods, and he will move towards it and check for traps. Or is that one's open, actually? It's the one around the corner. Well, there's a Morlock somewhere in here, the one that escaped the throne room um, last session. Okay. So, Chad, door at the end of the hall. Search for traps. Right. Gotcha. And he takes a boo and does not spot anything. Looks clean, sir. And he will open it. Tulak nods to him and he opens it. All right. Cracks the door and it's a real small room with a desk and chair in the middle and three empty picture frames that hang on the wall. And there are a couple of Morlocks in here and they seem to be tinkering with some sort of clockwork assistant like you've seen previously and uh, they seem thoroughly distracted but as you crack the door it gives a creak and they kind of look around wondering what the hell was that and we're gonna roll for initiative because they're gonna turn on you real quick but they take a penalty to their initiative because they are distracted it's always more locks and never less locks did oh boy (laughs) come on (laughs) did Chad roll a stealth on that door opening uh, he is technically avoiding notice. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll happily roll uh, stealth for initiative, but uh, can't can't really stop an old squeaky door. All right, he okay. didn't oil the hinges, bud. Okay. <laughs> if that's the way you're going to be about it, then I guess that's that. I'll just refer to the notes I've mentioned several times. All doors are sodden and swollen in this level, <laughs> unless otherwise specified. Yeah, but we don't listen to you. <laughs> That's the fucking truth. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get some initiative going here. 
let's start with uh, Lady Gilda. I decided I was going to start the day by rolling real bad. Uh, so I rolled a two for a seven initiative. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Get him out of the way. Tulak. Tulak rolls pretty hot for a 26. Ooh. Okay. Physic? Uh, Physic also rolling like shit to get out of the way. Uh, three for a nine. Okay. And you want to roll up for Shad there, uh, Tulak? And Shad also hot off the jump with a 24. Ooh. Okay. Just do all my rolls for me from now on, please. The old Rogan <laughs> Sorcerer front line ready to go. Uh, you're up, Tulak. What do you got? All right. So Tulak sees what's going on here. Three more locks he sees over the shoulder of Shad. And he will cast Telekinetic Projectile, bringing down a chunk of stone on the one in the middle. Okay. I have a slight bonus to his AC here from you being behind Shad. Ooh, not so good. Well, I mean, it's not so good. It's 14. But also, why does he get a bonus to AC considering the projectile comes from within the room? Uh, because it's it's uh, effectively it's your it's your line of vision that's uh, that's uh, sort of inhibited. So all right, yeah, okay, you have to. I'll take yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, fourteen to hit. Uh, that's not good. Do it. I wouldn't do it all on right. a normal day. No problem. And then okay. Tulak takes a step to the south into one of these small rooms, clearing the hallway. Okay. And that will be his side. turn. All right, and that's going to be Shad next. What would you like him to do? Uh, Shad. The northern Morlock, there's three in a line here, and the northernmost one, he looks a little worse for wear, like he is, he'd take, taken a beating recently. Okay, I guess I never mentioned that Shad had his crossbow or rapier out, did I? You did not. Son of a bitch. Okay, Shad will pull out his hand crossbow, and will load it, and then will fire it at the okay. northernmost. Now, I believe that is going to be sneak attack, is it not? Because um, they have no, not they have yet. No, that's be flat-footed. Um, okay, I guess he does. He not have. Sorry, it's been a minute since I played a rogue. Yeah, he doesn't have the full rogue repertoire. He doesn't have okay. surprise attack. Yeah, I know so he doesn't have surprise that. attack. Okay, perfect. That's what I was looking for. Okay, no problem. He just makes a single range attack at plus nine for a critical hit at the oh, northern hey, buddy. Nice. <laughs> Shad, Shad is coming ready. in hot, baby. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah, that's going to hit. For 18 points of Dimaggio. Oh, Describe Shad's first kill. Jesus. <laughs> so Shad sees that Tulak fails with the telekinetic projectile. And then just quick, he just pulls out the hand crossbow, loads it up, and just aims it right at this guy's throat and just bolt through the throat. And it just drops. Oh, man. Jesus. Brutal. Okay. <laughs> quick quick fingers, Shad. Um, that's going to bring us to uh, the center Morlock, who is going to gleefully stride up and try to smack Shad with his club with a natural one. <laughs> nice. Probably distracted by this fa sudden falling debris, a sudden attack, and his, uh, his uh, friend uh, going down in an instant. He got blood all up in his eyes. Yeah, and then uh, he'll take a, a second swing with the club uh, for a 17 to hit. Miss. Which I think misses. Okay, it does. And then the other Morlock is going to go, and it's going to it's going to enter the same space as the uh, other yes. Morlock. Yeah, it's got that they got that sweet swarming stance, and it's gonna go for a swing himself. 
Um, ooh, this is a 26 to hit. Ooh, that'll do. Not a crit, though. Uh, he's gonna take a six bludgeoning. Okay. And he'll also swing a second time for a 20 to hit. Ooh. That'll do. And seven bludgeoning. Bam, bam. Heavy hits. And that's gonna bring us to Physic. Yikes. Yeah, those were some heavy hits, huh? I guess he will uh, stride 20 feet west, right up behind Chad, and uh, draw his uh, healer's tools and use a battle medicine. Uh, okay. Right out of the gate. Nice. Well, I do not want this guy to die. We need help. <laughs> <laughs> Yin Yasmara would be pretty pissed. It didn't occur to me that like that physic now has extra responsibility for healing. <laughs> it's, it might go south. <laughs> oh yeah, well, it have have been rolling so hard on these medicine checks before. Let's see. <laughs> if the, well, won't it be great if I always heal him when Scott plays Ch- Shad, but then when James <laughs> plays him, I kill him? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Uh, crafting roll. Uh, that's a twenty. So uh, that is a success. Yep. Which, sorry, I'm just going to have to double check what my battle medicine was for roll. No, it's just a regular treat wounds, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just a treat wounds. It's just you didn't specify DC 20 or going for it's 2d8. Right, yeah. Uh, 11 HP back, so that'll nullify most of that Not hit. Not too bad. Nice. Not too bad. Uh, that will be his turn. Uh, it's familiar physic. You're always creeping up behind, healing us. Enjoy the no room to move there, James. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, so what are the rules for moving through an ally square? Uh, ally square is fine, but you'll have to tumble through the enemies, and if you don't make it through, you're just going to be shunted all the way back um, behind Physic. Yeah, so my full complement of movement would put me right behind that Orlock, so she is going to go ahead and attempt that tumble through. So that's an acrobatics check against the reflex DC of the Morlock, um, okay. or of both Morlocks stacked. I have no idea. Uh, they are, but I'm only gonna, I'm only gonna count, count it as, uh, one. Okay. Uh, that is a 25. Ooh. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, success. Nice. Good job, buddy. Uh, reasonably above it, but they, that's their highest save for sure, so. Sweet. And now you're flanking. Yeah, now I'm flanking and I have two actions left. Uh, the first one, I think she's just gonna reach out and try and punch one of these guys. They're moving pretty quickly in tandem here. Is is that harder for her to hit a single one of them? Like, uh, no, it actually just it actually gives them an advantage on their own attacks. Okay, it doesn't increase their AC. Yeah, got it. Okay, uh, second action then she will strike out with the hand wraps. That is a fourteen to hit. Uh, fourteen will miss. Okay, uh, second action. Or third action, sorry. Um, I think she's going to attempt to trip to, to knock this shit off. Okay. Uh, that is a 21 against a reflex DC. Uh, that's a meat to beat. Okay, so the target, one of them falls and lands prone, and that okay. is her third and final action. Why don't you roll me a, a D4 that it will decide which one falls prone? Three. So it'll be this guy. I'm going to keep them separate, but just know that they're in the same space. So one's just like standing over the body of the other? Yeah, pretty much. Ooh, that 14 for her first attack should have been against flanking. Uh, all right. Slow start, but doing oh, pretty good. You got a good advantage here. So uh, let's go to the top of round two with Tulak. All right. Tulak strides out of the door and behind. Uh, he's going to move to the east of Physic, but leave a little room in between them. And we'll cast Telekinetic Projectile again. 
bringing down another stone on um, probably the Morlock that's on the ground. Okay. And that will be a 20 to hit. That will hit. For 16 points of damage, oh, baby. Big hit. Big hit. Holy jeez. You're on 2d6 on that now. That's not yeah, cool. Yeah, boy. 2d6 <laughs> plus 4. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Man. Uh, okay. Sweet. That's two luck. Slightly more successful on that one. Uh, Shad. Shad Nunda. All right. Shad will drop his hand crossbow, pull out the rapier, and get to stabbing. Okay. Uh, so that is going to be 28 against flat-footed oh. DC. Oh. Yeah, that's a crit. That is ripping it up. Holy jeez. And I didn't mention that was going to be against the standing guy. The standing guy, okay. Yeah, because it makes more sense. And that is 17 points of damage. Jesus. Oh, man. So, yeah, Rapier's got a deadly D8, so that's tagged on. Mm -hmm. You also have sneak attack, though, which is also doubled. So that's going to be 23 points of damage. Oh, wow. Okay, so 23 total. Uh, Wow, what a hit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Shad. Uh, All right, and that's his turn, yeah? Yes, sir. Was it drop, draw, attack? You got it, man. Drop's free action. He's got one more action. Drop is free action. Okay, well, he will stab again then. (laughs) <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I'm already regretting this. 22 to hit. Okay, that hits. All right, nine points of damage. Not so good, but hey, I'll take it. Okay, okay. Uh, he's looking pretty messed up, not going to lie. He well, uh, let's see here. It's his turn, the standing one, and he is going to step down to the southwest getting out of flanking and uh, to the south of Lady Gilda and is going to swing the club at Lady Gilda for 21 to hit. Nope. Oh, you bastard. And then he's going to spend an action to crack the door next to him. The other Morlock is going to spend an action to stand and then is going to get to the north of Lady Gilda flanking and strike with the club. 19 to hit against your flat-footed AC. Uh, flat-footed is minus two. Yes. No. Damn it. Well, 21 didn't hit. <laughs> I guess 19 wouldn't. Uh, okay. Um, Physic, you're up. Alrighty. So one action to stow the uh, healer's tools, one action to draw the alchemical crossbow, and one action to load it with a thunderstone. Oh, thunderstone. Okay. <laughs> cool. And he'll just sit there like, oh yeah, buddy. Does thunderstone do damage? No, it just evolves it into a Jolteon. <laughs> yeah, the the thunderstone itself will do. Let me double check here because it's pretty good. Could you yell Pikachu? I choose you in physics voice. Pikachu, I choose you. Ooh. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> thunderstone. It does do sonic damage. Um, 2d4 sonic damage, but when it's coming off the crossbow, it'll just be 1d6 sonic damage. Right, okay. Because I just sort of just was wanted to double check just because I know, I think you have to use a bomb weapon that does damage in the crossbow. Yeah, it has to have yeah. the okay. energy, it has to be an energy weapon, energy damage of some kind, like alchemical fire or something like that. Alright, sweet. Okay, so you're loaded up and ready to strike. Lady Gilda. First action will be to raise uh, that their shield. Second action will be to strike at the Morlock to the south. 
Mm-hmm. What is a 16 to hit? Uh, 16 is a miss. Uh, she will attempt again at the one that, uh, again, at the one in the south, the map minus four. That's a 23. That hits. Nice. Okay. Get him. Yeah. Minimum damage for five points of bludgeoning. Oh, brutal. <laughs> okay. Uh, death, he's on death's door. <laughs> yeah, that's all she's got. Okay. Tulak, can you even see either of them now? It's hard to tell because... Yeah, I'm looking at your, your vision here. I don't think you can. You can get into that room that more easily now, but uh, I don't think you have a clear line of sight at all. Tulak is going to delay. It's going to delay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Shad will... Shad is going to move into the room to the south and take a stabby stab. Okay. He's going for the one at death's door. 16 to hit. That's a miss. And we'll stab again. Oof. Seven. Oh, no dice. Not so much luck. Yeah, he just comes in. He's just trying to poke him with the rapier, and that thing is just moving all over the place, missing. Yeah. Uh, all right, and that's it's that Morlock's turn, and it's gonna it's gonna actually it's gonna swing a club at Chad in retaliation and miss with a twelve, but then is going to peel through the door and start uh, start running away, essentially out of sight. Uh, and then the one to the north is going to crack the door next to him for an action and do the same. It's going to start peeling towards uh, Gralgus' uh, throne room out of sight. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was probably the last two of them. We should be safe. But you have a general idea of the terrain. You know, they can really, they're going to almost maybe meet up or, or what have you. Like, you, you don't quite know where they're going or what they're planning, but uh, you kind of know the layout a bit. Uh, that's gonna put us to Physic. What do you got? Uh, I guess he'll look around, wondering if we should actually, like, chase after them. What do you guys think? Do we, do we chase them? Which way do we go? Maybe we should let them run. We'll run into them eventually. Well, them and their friends. Um, I guess he'll go down to, down to the southern door, uh, that one of them ran out of, and with his dark vision, like, look through and see what he sees in that room. Uh, empty, you have, like, this, this, like, small, empty, barren room, and, uh, it's all made of stone, but the back wall has been, like, broken out and smashed out, and, and it leads into this sort of, uh, cave-like area. Man, that guy must have had some speed on him if he got that far away. I can't see him anymore. I mean, he spent, like, all of his actions running, essentially, so, yeah, he moved pretty far. Yeah, I suppose. Okay, uh, he'll walk stride through the door with his second action. Make it all three to see if he can see down that hallway. That's your full compliment there? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you, so you step into this room, and this is where the Grothlet had come out of, and um, it's basically like, this, it's a really wet, like, cavern. Like, there's water dripping down from the walls, particularly along a jumble of dangling pallid roots to the south you can see. And there's uh, appears to be a large soggy nest of mud and bones um, in the uh, in the corner as well. So clearly the grothlet was nesting in here for, for whatever reason. Um, and as you come in, you can see uh, you know where that that path of water that led into Grogas' throne room uh, was. And um, just as you peek around the corner, you can just barely see both Morlocks in their swarming stance at, uh, inside of Grogas' throne room. Okay, so he'll just call back to the others. They're in the throne room. Tulak will act. Okay. Tulak is jumping in the order. Uh, he will stride forward. 
Tulak, physics says they're in the throne room, which should be up north. I'll find them. So you run through the hallway, you get into the room, uh, you enter a room uh, that's like a hall that's been decorated with a bewildering array of timbers, metal parts, gears, bits of broken weapons, trash. Like this room is filled with tons of like litter and garbage and useless pieces of, of, of equipment. Um, and you run, you're just running straight through the throne room. How far does your, how does, how far does your, comp, your full complement movement go? Or how far are you going? Sorry. I will use two actions to move and he will end up one step into the throne room. Okay. Uh, before you get in there, you enter this hallway, you are, you, you halt yourself as soon as you step in because you see right in front of you a uh, tripwire. Ooh. Okay. Um, and so that uh, that would be part of your second action to get to that spot. So it's a, a little bit wasted movement here. Um, but you have one action left, but you'd have spotted it before it went off. Okay, perfect. So instead of continuing forward, he just takes a knee and will attempt to disable it. Okay. Um, that will be a thievery check. Eesh, not so good. That is a seven. No dice. Okay, Uh, so he takes a knee. He's fumbling with it, but he just can't get it figured out. And he turns behind him and he says, watch out. There's a tripwire here. Uh, Step over it if you're coming through or go south. Now that you see it, you can you should be able to just quickly hop over it without without an issue. So Um, cool. That's uh, that's you. Yep. All right, Lady Gilda. Uh, Gilda will attempt to hop over said tripwire as she's going to take two stride actions uh, to get right up and dirty with this Morlock. Uh, okay. As you step over the tripwire, uh, you fail to notice another one, sadly. Ooh. Uh, and uh, as you step in this square just beyond the tripwire, you trigger it and two spikes shoot out from the wall on either side. One of them rolled a natural one to hit you, uh, but the other one was a 21. I'm assuming you don't have your shield up for this. Does that hit? Uh, I do have my... Oh, I would have lost it at the start of my turn. Uh, It would hit, but I will use my reaction um, to reactive shields to make my AC 22. Uh, Okay. And it misses you. It glances off the shield. This big Ooh. spike just like launches out of the wall Stonk! on both sides. One completely misses and one you, you toss aside with your shield and you continue forward. So epic. <laughs> uh, last action behind these two Morlocks. Uh, she will strike out with the hand wraps. Okay. Uh, that is a natural one for a 10. Brutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use my hero point to reroll that. Okay. Ooh. Bottom around three. <laughs> Uh, that is a 27 to hit. Nice. That is a big ol' crit. That is 20 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay, just roll me another d4 to see which one you uh, you strike here, since they're in their swarming stance. That's uh, another three. Oh, nice. You, you hit the one with the most health. <laughs> so uh, him, uh, they're both, like, ready to crumble at this point. <laughs> uh, now top of round four, Shad Nunder. All right, Shad sees everyone moving to the north, and he just goes at a full-out sprint um, down into the southern room. Mm-hmm. 
and will move his full complement, ending up in a flanking position. Amazing. That's uh, three actions for him to get there? That is three actions on the doubt. Nice. All right. And that's going to come around to Morlock's turn. I can't believe they've had so many turns to try and hit you here. Uh, One of them is going to strike out at... um, Let's go with Shad. 12 to miss. Goes for another one uh, with its jaws and misses. And misses again. (laughs) Rolling real shit with these guys. Uh, They've got the same chance to hit as... That's freaking Chad. <laughs> he's killing yeah, it. Yeah, Chad's got um, his rapier out, and he's just kind of, like, ducking and dodging. And <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm a badass. That's right. That's right. Come on. Bring it on. Come on. What do you got? What Next you got? level, he's taking parry. <laughs> uh, and the other Morlock will uh, swing at Lady Gilda for a miss, a miss, and a miss. Oh, man. They're rolling so poor. Uh, and they are they are in a tight spot. Physic. Ooh, doggy. All right. I'll throw, I'm going to throw you a freebie here in case you haven't thought of it, but you haven't fired yet, which means uh, you don't have... As soon as you fire your first bolt with the, that bomb loaded, that's when it starts counting that minute for... Otherwise, the bomb goes wasted. If you don't fire at all, you have it logged in. Okay, perfect. Okay, uh, Physic will stride northwest 10 feet, so he has a line of sight on that Morlock uh, with lesser cover with all... Shad the Chad sitting in front of him. <laughs> and uh, he will start blasting. Okay. So you're, you are going to fire the Thunderstone? Yeah. First shot is a 16 to hit. That's a miss. And second shot's a 9. Uh, did you have to reload in between? Oh, yeah. I did have to reload. So no second Move, shot. Move, fire, reload. Move, fire, reload. Cool. Two lock. All right. Two lock will, having seen both of these trip wires. We'll hop over both of them and move out of the room to just in front of the throne with one move action, and we'll cast Telekinetic Projectile, reaching out to a boulder on the floor and flinging it at one of these Morlocks. Okay. And that is going to be a 16 to miss. Oh, man. A lot of 16s. <laughs> Tons of 16s, man. <laughs> so brutal. Uh, okay, Lady Gilda, can you finish this off? We'll see. Uh, first action will be to raise, because that's who she is. <laughs> and then uh, she'll throw one of those haymakers. That is a natural 20 for a 29. Fuck nice. yeah, get him. Can we just... Can we just... Uh, can you just describe how one pen- punch kills both of these guys in Swarming Stance for me? You gotta, there's a hero point in the line. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah, so she brings her shield up, moves the shield around so it, it, it catches them. And then she just hits one in the jaw so hard that it, like, beams into the other one's skull, cracking the other one's skull it, at, as it takes place. <laughs> so Hell yeah. Good. Two for... One of them had one hit point, and the other one had two hit points. So <laughs> I was just like, fuck it. Uh, Get two birds yeah. stoned at once. Two birds <laughs> stoned at once. Dead. Dead. Hero point. Go. Incorrect. <laughs> they are unconscious. But I will take the hero oh. point. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, seems like a good time for some subtle murder when she's not looking. I'll meet you halfway. One's unconscious. This is the one that, like, knocked his head. The other one totally killed him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> GM Fiat, go. <laughs> uh, you're pretty handy in a fight there, aren't you, Shad? You uh, you really helped me take them to school. 
A shadowversity, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that was a cut I did not expect. <laughs> uh, listeners, please continue listening. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you. Oh, yeah, please. We know not what we've done. Yeah. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon for more shitty jokes. <laughs> I've been holding on to that one for like 15 minutes, so I know oh, exactly what was happening. That was, that was good. That was real good. Sweet. And uh, you have defeated these uh, these straggler Morlocks. Tulok turns to Shad and says, oh, that's, that's right. You were great in that combat. Uh, perhaps you could uh, fix those tripwires in the other room on your way to go get your crossbow. <laughs> uh, sure, sure thing can do. You want him? Sorry, you wanted to fix them, set them back up. No, like deal with them. Deal with them. He'll he'll do just that. Which door is next, then, boys? We've got two not too far from here. Uh, oh, physic. Did you find anything in that uh, that slug monster's home down there? I didn't see anything off the off the cuff, but it might be worth another lark. And he'll kind of wander back and. Start searching around the pile of disgustingness that's going on in the corner there. And perhaps we should take a look in the room and see what those Morlocks were tinkering with. I think uh, Gilda will keep Shad company while the um, Tulok and Physic uh, search the uh, the den. And then they meet up in the, the, the tinker room, I guess. Yeah, and also Tulok, I don't know if we search. Do we search the throne room? You did, yeah. You you okay. actually you stripped uh, a few things off Gralgus. I think you still have a, a pendant that you haven't um, identified. Yeah, we do have one unidentified item. So on his way through the door towards uh, these other rooms, he looks as Lady Gilda is facing the other direction at Shad and points at the living corpse and just runs his thumb across his neck as he leaves the room. As in... <laughs> Kill him when Lady Gilda's not looking. And then he... <laughs> oh, I hope he interprets that correctly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he searches the uh, the room that had the tripwires in it, and then the tinkering room. And, like, Shad does it almost too eagerly, because these guys, like, really put him and his, his, his friends through uh, hell and back. So he's, he's, he's ready to draw that blood real quick. Uh, all right, so you you head to the office, um, and uh, the clockwork assistant that these guys were tinkering with is pretty broken down, like the ones you saw near uh, the zib of the Zoslerin. So the whole thing has like really complicated inner workings, very intricate uh, gears and stuff like that. Uh, it appears to be in better condition uh, in some parts compared to the other ones you saw, and you can see there's a, a gear, at least one gear that seems to be nearly mint condition. Um, and for something that's so finely machined, you can only assume it has some value. But you would have to remove it with care, which will require a crafting check. Okay. Um, what's your crafting at, Physic? You got high, right? Yeah, it's like 10. Okay. So Tulak says, Physic, when you're done in that room, please uh, take a look at this. There seems to be some uh, maybe worthwhile pieces to take from here. They could be worth some money. And did he see anything when he was going through the other room as well? The room that was full of garbage? Yeah, it's littered with garbage, and uh, you didn't spot anything of value. Physic, you're in that that sort of gross den of the Grothlet, and and um, 
you can see that this cavern, like it base, it's the result of like years of erosion from like very, um, very light water contact and stuff. Um, but there's absolutely nothing of value that you can see. Just creepy bones, stinky nest. That's it. Okay, so he will come into the other room, probably stinking of fetid water. So the usual, yeah, yeah, loaded <laughs> physic. <laughs> And he'll take a take a quick glance at that uh, gear situation. Roll the crafting for you. That'll be a twenty-eight. Uh, you can safely remove this clockwork gear, which is worth forty gold pieces. Ooh. Well, we can either make a really good clock or make some really good money here. <laughs> well, we always like the sound of money. Could help along the way. Um, and then Tulak will essentially just hold his hand out to take it from Physic, and he puts it into the bag of holding. Okay. Okay. How's everybody doing HP-wise? I'm still full. I think Shad's the only one that took any damage. Yeah, he's you guys are all looking still good, not right? doing too bad. Yeah, I mean, he's at 25 or 27. It was only three Warlocks. I, I say we just press on. Tulak, you're yeah. down a bit. Did you take damage? I'm down three from last session. Oh. Do you want, do you want the heal? I don't... I can just lay on hands. Unless you want to treat wounds. What's the cooldown on Lay on Hands again? Ten minutes to refocus. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. But if you yeah, want to, as well do if that. you want to try to treat wounds, like the cooldown is an hour on that. It's, it's up to you. Lay yeah, on Hands okay. is also a good combat spell. So. Yeah. True. Okay. Yeah, I'll do the uh, I'll do the treat wounds. Oh, and you have Lay on oh. Hands now with the gloves. Wait, who put the gloves on? I did. Yeah, but that's once a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, I got a twenty-four on the healing, anyways. So. Ooh. Nailed it. Uh, nine HP back. Uh, thank you, sir. And while you guys are doing all this, Gilda's just hanging out in that large main room with all the rubble uh, that we passed her on the way here, just, you know, keeping an eye on things, making sure nothing nothing squeaks by us. Got to say, Physic, Shad speaks up. Your skills as a healer are bar none. I'm sure you've never, ever in your entire career uh, injured anybody or <laughs> failed to help them along. As far as you need to be aware, I haven't. <laughs> Good lad. <laughs> and Tulok uh, motions his head towards the door as him and Shad avoid notice. And Shad will check for traps to the door, see if it's locked, and make a Perception check. And that is the door to the east. Southernmost. Southernmost. Doesn't detect anything, doesn't hear anything. Gives the door a crack, and it's just a tiny little empty room, not unlike the series of six in that narrow hallway you just fought in. Um, it's just like an old bed frame, no mattress, all crumbled down. The physics going to have his crossbow drawn for all of this, by the way. Yeah. And Shad just steps in, and we'll search the room. And nothing. Baron. He steps out and repeats the entire process at the northernmost door. Same deal. Baron. Steps in and searches. All right, shakes his head and f comes out, and him and Tulak avoid notice. Shall we head to the north? This one up here, like the one at the very top? Yeah. Or do we want to check out the, the room under the lighthouse? Oh, yeah, probably a good call. Let's do that. Yeah, all you did was crack the door and then close it again. <laughs> from what yeah. I recall. <laughs> yeah, we were scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still am, really. I mean, the last time you saw a, a desiccated thing of flesh it almost killed you uh and this one was much larger so i i don't blame you 
but <laughs> uh, Gilda will take the defend action and lead the lead the charge up this five foot hallway. All right, so you head back into where the shrine was, where you found Bad Bad's body through that secret door where you fought the shadow. Yeah, and there's a bunch of um, uh, what do you call them, uh, like sarcophagus sarcophagi in, in these little um, alcoves. You head to the door to the north, and you give it a crack. Uh, she's actually going to listen at this one first. Okay. Um, you don't hear anything, but you feel like you s- sense something. I can't remember. Was 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 Lady Gilda here when you cracked the other door? Did she see him before, or was that Raphael? I can't remember at this point. I don't remember either. You feel like you feel like you should hear something. You feel like there's something back there. You can you can sense it. Something dark and evil, uh, much akin to what you would expect from the gauntlet cupola, the power of this lighthouse emanating. Um, you can just feel it in your bones. Uh, Raphael never made it in here because we came in on the boat in which Lady Gilda was freaked out. Uh, yep. That's yes. it. Good yeah, call. So Thank you. It would have been her. Yeah. Yeah. In that case, you know, because like when you did peek in, there was this like glowing blue light at the center, which, you know, sort of gives you this idea like this, this, this power came from maybe it came from this room or, or what have you and has gone up through the lighthouse. And so, you know, that like that emanation, that same emanation is happening in this room. I assume he de- detects magic. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's necromantic as fuck. I can't even detect magic and I can detect it. <laughs> Are we sure we want to be doing this? I don't know. This power of magic is so far beyond what I understand. We could find some answers in here, but we also could be in for some something horrible. All right, everybody on me, weapons drawn, ready to go, and also be ready to retreat at any given point. I'll be the last one back through this door as the bastion if need be. Everybody understand? Tulak nods gravely. Understood. Gilda will make sure she's taking the defend action with that shield raised, and if there's anything you guys want to do before we start, now would be the time. Tulak grips tight on the wand of magic missile, and Shad prepares his crossbow with a bolt. Uh, can I load a bomb onto my alchemical crossbow right now? Sure can. It's just after that after that first firing, you have your countdown for the wasting. Yeah. Which is long gone now, so thunder, another thunderstone. She opens the door. Crack on the door, I'll re-describe this room again. Big circular room, smooth and gray. A ribbon of pale blue light coils and slithers through the air connecting the floor at the center of the room to the ceiling, 15 feet up. The points where this light touches the stone above and below seethe and writhe, as if the stone itself were suffering from an infection. The desiccated remains of an enormous worm lie slumped around the ribbon, forming a crescent of shriveled and tattered purple flesh all along the eastern side. Can she do a quick um, medicine check on the worm to see if it's uh, breathing's not the right term, but like to try and identify <laughs> if it's conscious? Mm-hmm. I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Roll me a medicine. Like, I got something for you if you if you roll high enough. Uh, that's a fifteen. It's most certainly dead. You're at least trained in that. Yeah. Yeah. You. Oh yeah. You would guess at this point. Um, after having seen a lot of the effects of Gauntlet, that it's 
been long dead. And the only reason it's still kind of intact is because of those sort of lasting preservation effects of of the magic here. Otherwise, it should have withered away a long time ago. You you're 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 kind of using your instincts here, but you you think maybe it died a long, 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 long time ago, and it's just sort of slightly intact because of the uh, of the power here. And is there anything special about this, uh, this kind of writhing light going on in the middle, or is it much akin to the gauntlet it's, that we see it's, upstairs? It's, yeah, it feels the exact same way. It looks the same way. It's going straight up to where that the, the light would be in the cupola. Yeah, it gives you all the same vibes. Okay, so Tulok would like to inspect it, and you know he doesn't know much about this, obviously, but he's trying to tell if the magic is coming from below deeper and up can you yep. tell that or you can't you can't like completely tell but it's a good guess because you know you didn't see this light in the the floor level yeah that's what the that was wondering about that it was only the pool of blood and you saw it in the cupola above and this is like going from floor to ceiling so you, you know it's 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 hard to piece it together but you might get the feeling that it might be coming from below because there's nothing here to show where it's coming. It's coming from. It's just floor to ceiling. That's it. There's no source at the bottom. There's no object or item or creature or something. It's just floor to ceiling. And Tulak would like to search the room. Is there inscriptions or writing or anything on the walls? It's completely smooth and gray and pretty much unweathered. Like it's brand spanking new. Shad enters the room and is just kind of walking around and um, just running his hand along the wall to see if there's any trap doors or anything like that. Uh, yeah, he, he's moving around. Uh, he, he checks and checks and checks. He doesn't see anything. He, he kind of circles around the room. When he gets close to the to the uh, the giant worm, he's just like, oh, that, that there is a, a terrifying sight to think it was so close to where we were being held. That's a sort of that's a sort of creature that could swallow you whole should it be alive. It's very unnerving. It is. Hopefully, it stays dead. Is there a check to know what that worm actually is? Um, you could roll me a nature check. I sure could. <laughs> that's a twenty-three. You have no idea. That's a big old worm. A big old worm. It looks like it got teeth though had teeth while they're while they're doing this Tulok is you know inspecting the walls and Shad is walking around the circular room rubbing his fingers gently on the wall Fizzit goes over to this giant purple worm and begins to expect it Gilda takes her shield off her left arm knowing that that's not her more important hand and then reaches and attempts to touch this blue light just to see what will Whoa, happen oh boy uh oh uh, roll me a reflex save as you feel it start to sap energy from you. That's a 22. You take four negative damage. I take one, three negative damage. <laughs> He's got negative resistance one. <laughs> That's amazing. What's that from again? That's from the, uh, the attunement to the compass. Oh, nice, nice. So yeah, you uh, you can feel that negative necromantic energy sap some of the life out of you. Just a small portion, but certainly enough to 
cause you some worry, I imagine. Yeah, so, like, the tips of her fingers, uh, like, pale real quickly and almost go, like, blue, um, like, like, a, like a necrotic frostbite. She pulls her hand quickly out, puts her gauntlet back on, flexes her fingers, makes sure they all still work and that she can feel them all, slides the shield back on. Well, uh, we can say for absolute certainty that it is, in fact, necromantic magic powering this lighthouse. Uh, this thing definitely just took a little bit of life force from my hand there and uh it can't be good this amount of 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 necromancy swirling in one place this concentration it i mean i knew this didn't bode well but this may be above our our expertise here gentlemen tulak is looking on at lady gilda and says please lady gilda don't touch it we don't understand its power you could have Something far worse could have happened to you. You have to be careful with these things. The occult and the arcane is nothing to be trifled with. Please, be more cautious. I have trust in Aurori. Peace of body, peace of mind. I knew it wasn't my time, and if it was, he certainly got a plan for me. But I do oh. appreciate your worry there, Tulak. I, I really, really, truly do. But now we do have a better understanding of it, and we know for a fact it's necromantic, and something in here is, is channeling that energy of the undead. It, it could even explain the color of the blue vortex, you know. It could be the swirl of phrasma. Maybe they're channeling this energy directly from the boneyard to power this lighthouse. It is both her color and her symbol. Flashes of Raphael heaving, dry heaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just being near it. <laughs> yeah, I think Raphael would have had something to say about that. <laughs> As you guys are talking with this, Shad's like only half listening to what you're saying because he's thoroughly distracted by this purple worm. And he kind of, he's like, seems to be inspecting a certain spot of it. And he just kind of says over his shoulder, Hey, look, it seems a bit, a bit here has decayed away. And I think I see something inside. And he thrusts his hand into an opening in the purple worm. And that's what we're going to call it. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at unchartednorth.ca, patreon.com slash unchartednorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.